This episode is brought to you by the Love What You Do Collective two-day business mastermind. If you are ready to step into 2019 and make sure this year is your best year yet in business, then why not join the mastermind and surround yourself with incredible powerhouse women who are ready to up-level their mindset, their motivation, and their business and life for 2019. Join us for two full days of jam-packed experiences, connections, collaborations, and amazing guest speakers. You can find out all the information via my website at periscopecoaching.com.au slash mastermind. And now let's jump into the episode. The Next Level Life podcast is all about mindfulness, mindset, motivation, and conscious entrepreneurship. My name is Christine Corcoran, founder of Periscope Coaching, business and life strategy coach. Each week, I will bring you a new episode with a thought, insight, or interview with an inspiring thought leader or successful business owner to help you push past your fears, tap into your purpose, and inspire your soul. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to episode 75 of the Next Level Life podcast, Wearing Your Worth with Sarah Gale. Sarah Gale is a former judge on Project Runway Australia and founder of Wearing Your Worth. Sarah migrated from the competitive fashion industry, pioneering the journey into the aesthetics of the soul. She's an accredited coach and founder of Wearing Your Worth, a revolutionary program created to enable women to gain greater insight into their psychological relationship with their clothes and deepen their connection with their authentic self. Sarah is a mother of two and is passionate about living an authentic life and continually honing her willingness to live transparently with love, courage, and vulnerability. In today's episode, we delve into the world of fashion and the impact that clothes can have on our psychology and vice versa. This fascinating conversation delves into our relationship with our clothes and our authentic self, how we express our authenticity through what we wear, and the relationship that we have with what we wear is a direct correlation with our mindset and belief patterns. We talk all things uncovering your own unique style essences and embodying true confidence, authenticity, and feeling empowered in your wardrobe and beyond. We talk about pushing past resistance to take risks in business, aligning your values to your business, and being able to take charge of your wardrobe and learn how to reconnect with yourself and express the real you. This is such a fascinating conversation and I cannot wait for you to experience it. So let's jump straight in. I'd love to take this opportunity to welcome Sarah Gale from Wearing Your Worth to the podcast. Welcome, Sarah. Oh, thanks for having me, Christine. Really excited to be here. Yeah, me too. I just loved that your whole vibe and your concept around where you're worth. And I'm so pumped to get into this conversation. So I would love just to start off if you could just share with us a little bit about your background and how you came to create Wearing Your Worth. Sure. Where shall I start? I'll start in, I've had 30 odd years or so in the fashion industry. So I started as a buyer and for lots of the majors, like the Portman Sports School, which recalls my just group, blah, 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 blah. And then um, following that, I went on to some consultancy roles and I also was the judge on Project Runway Australia for a couple of seasons. Then I did the startup of the Iconic and then I went on to senior executive roles on the general managers over at Forever New and Blah, blah, blah. I've, I've had a long history in the fashion industry. And running alongside that, I've also had a long history in the personal development field. I'm an accredited coach and, and that's what I do these days, as well as wearing your worth. I um, look after leadership development and things like that. But I often say to people, so I've been a daily meditator for about 23 years or so, and I've I've trained in different energetic practices and blah, blah, blah. And I often say to people, there's no way known I would have survived the fashion industry without the personal development along the way. People often laugh. I think they think I'm joking, but I'm I'm absolutely not joking. Um, It can be quite a a harsh industry. Um, And as much as I loved it, I'm a super creative being. And, you know, give me, give me a, um, a season and I love, to, I love to create. So as a buyer, it was fabulous. You know, you'd get a season, you'd create, you'd execute and boom, you'd be on to the next. And that's very much like me. And um, if it, wearing your worth really came to, to fore was mm, when it started for me, it really got amplified in Project Runway. Uh, more than anything. So I'd always known that, although I always knew how to put outfits together, like that, that's an easy thing for me to do. And, and so much experience in the industry, it's, you know, it was kind of innate within me. 
And I, I have a memory that rem I, I always remember as a kid what I was wearing. So obviously a visual, I'm, I'm very visual. So I knew how to do that, yet I still suffered a lot of anxiety around what I looked like. And I suffered anxiety around what to wear and, you know, those, those horrible insecurities that so many of us as women in particular get and the indecisiveness and what will they think of me, all the noise that goes on in our heads yeah, as we get dressed that we pretend to other people that don't. We want to go out looking effortlessly beautiful, but the angst that's happened before that. And when I was doing Project Runway Australia, I realised that this just went up like it got amplified, it went up an absolute notch. And the fashion industry as a whole amplifies this. Like there's a lot that's based on how you look and whether you're up with the trends and all that kind of stuff. But in Runway, I felt like every time I went out, I felt like I was representing the brand. Like I felt on show all the time. This was my doing, it was no one else's doing. And I started to get really curious because it was like, what's going on here, Sarah? It's, it's nothing about what you look like because what you look like is fine. What's actually happening? So I started to, to be really mindful when I got dressed and I started to listen to the voices in my head and the things that they were saying to me as I started to make a selection of clothes that I was going to wear for that day or that event or whatever. And when I stopped and got still, Oh my God, the voices, the nastiness, the, the judgments that I was bestowing upon myself was just like, it was horrible, Christine. It was absolutely horrible. But what was more interesting for me than anything was I realised that those judgments that I was hearing inside myself was the same as the judgments that were playing out in the whole of my life. And that's when I started to get super curious. Wow. Yes, like, yes. That's probably about a decade ago now, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. So it took you a while to pull it all together and create where you were. It did, it did. Once I started to listen to me and I started to journal it through so I could really start to understand, I realised that I had relationship with my clothes like I have relationship with friends. And some clothes had me feel a particular way and some clothes had me feel another. And, and so rather than, and a lot of the time what I was wearing was all thought-based. And, when, you know, when we go thought-based, this is the most unreliable part of me, my mind, because, you know, it'll take me on journeys that I really don't need to take. Um, it can be very productive at times, but sometimes really unproductive. So once I started to hear that, then I, I started actually some very patient um, people that I knew, I, can I come into your wardrobe? Can we do a session? And I actually took a film crew into someone's wardrobe because I wanted to see what happened and I wanted to be able to watch it back because, you know, if you're coaching or you're in therapy, you're so in the zone, sometimes you really don't, you're not able to witness outside of that. Mm. So I took it actually into one of my friends at the time and we took this crew in for the day and it was just remarkable. It was remarkable. You know, like this woman's wardrobe was, to begin with, worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like this was all top shelf. The Chanel, Louis, Fendi, blah, blah, blah. It was just like, whoa, this is just like, wow. This is not my wardrobe, but this is an amazing wardrobe. And um, so it was fun to play in. But what I found with her, and most beautiful woman, like this woman's stunning, absolutely stunning gorgeous figure, very, very successful. Um, but what was she wearing? She was wearing the same thing every day, a pair of jeans and a shirt. That was it. It was her uniform. And it was like, what is this? And, you know, once we, I'll give you the very short version, once we started to get into it and understand her relationship with what was going on, is she had quite large breasts and um, she used to feel very subconscious. She had stories going through her mind that men wouldn't talk to her. They wouldn't take her seriously. They'd only look at her breasts. And women would find her a threat. And so she had to cover up and she had to wear very masculine clothes because her feminine simply wasn't, she didn't feel safe to be present in the world in her feminine. Mm. And in doing so, oh, there was so much that she was shutting down on. And she had body distortion issues, which 
there has not been a wardrobe I've gone into yet that doesn't have a, someone doesn't have a distortion around what size their body is. And so once I started to see her, then I went into lots of other wardrobes and I started to see exactly the same patterns play out of how we hide ourselves under our clothes, what parts of our unconscious are actually choosing what we wear and how dysfunctional some of our belief patterns are around that and how they don't just play out in our wardrobe but they play out in the whole of our life. Mm, absolutely. Amazing. Wow, I could not even imagine. Like, But it's so funny though how we... When you think about being in someone's wardrobe like that and you think, wow, that would be the ultimate, right? I wish I had all of that, had access to amazing clothes and a beautiful body and, look, and looked fabulous, yet we've always still got that inner critic going on in our brains that's causing us so much drama. So why do you feel that we have such an emotional connection to our clothes? Yeah, that's a super interesting question. I get asked this quite a lot. And I have a... a I think for me, the way that I put it down to is if you think back at caveman times and back in our DNA, somewhere in that reptilian brain, which we know that we're still, because neuroscience tells us that we're still operating out mm. of, at times, the amygdala, which holds all that fight and flight and those very primal responses. And some of our primal pieces back there was men were providers and protectors and women were like nurturers and, you know, obviously gather berries and all that. But what they did was they looked for a mate who was going to be a good provider and protector. And so if you think about in this day and age, it's, it's still in us somewhere. And our physical appearance is very closely aligned to, I think, some kind of very primal piece around bringing a mate in of some sort now whether that happens to be a man a woman whatever that is you know it, um it's so lovely to see everyone able to express themselves in their own sexuality these days but it's that as a woman what i've found is because i've been into men's wardrobes as well and they have a very practical approach whereas we have a very emotional response mm. and i think that our emotional relationship with our clothes is very much tied up with our identity around our appearance which then gives us that reward of where we think we're going to be able to win that mate or it's a very primal response is, mm -hmm. is what I, what I believe it is. And it's almost yeah. too like, if it's that such connection with finding somewhat of feeling loved or having some connection to love, it's almost like beliefs that will be shaped around whether we deserve love and whether we are able to be loved and to be lovable like all of those things come into play because i think one of our biggest fears in life is whether we will experience love it's so you know we all crave it yet it's so intertwined to so much of what we do in our thoughts and our beliefs and our behaviors right Oh, I, I love where you've gone with that. I absolutely love where you've gone with that because, yes, and, and that mate comes down to that sense of am I loved? Mm -hmm. And if you think about, <clears throat> like, why wouldn't we feel something around our appearance? You look at social media. You look at marketing messages. Like, everything tells us that if we look like this, then we'll be one of the popular ones or we'll be loved or we'll be adored or we'll be wanted or we'll be attractive to others. And it's like, you know, it's drummed into us from such an early time. Even if you think back to some of the fairy tales and, you know, the, the Hallmark card type, you know, things and, and some of the movies that get put out that distort so much, it's that it's like be a particular way and you will be loved. You know, the prince and the princess and, and it's always around she goes from being the ugly duckling to the beautiful woman and, and it's like what I love about wearing your worth is it brings us back to true beauty. So it's not a case of some people say to me, oh, does that mean I'm just going to look like a hippie or I'm going to look this way or that way? And it's just like, no. What wearing your worth does is reconnects you with your essences. So let me explain essences. Essences is like when we go through the process, what I found, and, and I really stumbled on this process, it just started to come through me. And it was like, okay, I'm going to go with this. And what happens is when we go out, we go through a particular process each time with each client. And when they get out, when you lay out, so I ask particular questions and they pull things out of their wardrobe according to the questions that I've asked. 
And these questions have been like honed to the point where I don't need to hone them anymore. It works every time. So what happens is they bring this out and then in front of us, it's like we have a tangible representation of the thought patterns that are going on and our belief systems about ourselves that we're in relationship with these particular clothes. And what it does is it shows us the parts of us that, that we often hide. So if you think about, you know, when we're kids, we get all these subliminal messages about who we should be, what we should look like, what's successful, what's not, what's lovable, what's not. And we tend to, in the back of our minds, store those away and they come out in our everyday um, activities. And this is one of the things that I love about getting dressed is that if you think about we get to do this every single day. We're actually required to. We're not allowed to go outside naked. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's a requirement of being a human being at this point in time. So if we think about it can either disconnect us from the heart of who we are when we go from that very head-based approach or and we go out into the world with that or it can bring us home to ourselves when we come into connection with who we are according to what our essences are. Now, I still haven't explained essences, I just realised. <laughs> essences are those pieces that they come alive. So as we start to go through this process, it becomes obvious what those essences are. So, for instance, a client I had a couple of weeks ago, there was playful was one essence, Elegance was another and sexy was another. Now, all these three, they had major resistances around. But when we pulled out these particular pieces, according to these questions, it's like they were just like, oh, my God. And when I got them to put these pieces on that really embodied these pieces, they just were like, Whew. So what happens is when you embody, when you find out these three essences and you put those into each of your outfits, it's like you've plugged yourself into an electrical current that is you. And it's, it's honestly, it's just, it's fascinating to watch because it's literally like they light up and they feel it and they're just like, oh, I feel so blah, 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 blah. And when we take one of those essences away and just two, it's like they fall flat. They go, I like this, but it's not. I go, what are we missing? So after a couple of hours, because the sessions are normally four to five hours long, they're, they're, they kind of take a while just to, to unpack. Once they get into the hang of it, it's like, I'm missing sexy. My God, I, I haven't incorporated. Okay, let's do that. Once we get those pieces in, it's different for everyone. It's like, it's like it ignites the parts in them that they've closed down for one reason or another. And for instance, like sexy actually is the feminine seems to be a really tough one for a lot of women. And um, I mean, I had one client who at 14 years old, she'd been out shopping, she'd bought like lots of different things um, and she was busy trying them on and she, bought, she had a tight, tight little mini skirt and then a lycra top and she was just trying them on and her mum came in and said, we need you at the restaurant tonight to be family owned a restaurant and she said oh my god I have to change because there's no time to change quickly get in the car she said to me I would never have worn these two together I was in the middle of changing she got to the restaurant and um her father took a, one look at her and said oh my god you look you look like a slut and from that day forward that that sexiness was like oh there was all this baggage around sexiness yeah there are so many stories about how we've 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 shut down particular part, even playful got shut down because you know people growing up where they had to grow up too quickly mm -hmm. maybe they had divorced parents or or whatever and that playfulness was was so in them but they they end up having to you know that they had such a conservative part and they constrained themselves or another girl who was really rebellious in her wardrobe like super rebellious and you know short denim shorts into quite a conservative very conservative workplace i'll say and you know played that really rebellious impetuous child and as it turned out her parents um got they separated i think when she was about 17 or so and she had this story in her mind that it wasn't safe to be an adult 
And so she held on to, to dressing like a child, whereas her essences were, um, there was unique, there was elegance, which she found so hard to embody to begin with, but it was so wanting expression. And then there was um, one other central. And when we put all those three together, it's just like she rang me the next day um, and she said to me, you will not believe people have stopped me in the street. And it wasn't that she got out in a ball gown or something. She said, I just feel so different. People treated me differently at work. People stopped me. They actually ran after me in the street to say, I, I don't know what, what, you know, why I'm saying this, but I just have to tell you how fabulous you look. You just, and people shine from inside. And that's what I love about this is it brings you home to yourself. If you can take that energy out into the world, not only do you give yourself permission to really shine and be show up, really show up as you and be the most powerful you, but you then go and give everyone else permission to do the same. Mm. That's what we're here to do, to empower both ourselves, but also everyone else. And, you know, I mean, I think especially women in, in particular in the workplace at this point in time. Wow. I, I mean, I love everything about what you just said. And I have so many, so many questions. Do you think... how? Do you see that um, women that go through weight changes, there's a difference in what happens with their clothing as well? That's such a good question. So what's really interesting around, because often I'll get people say, I've got things in my wardrobe that I don't fit into, yeah? <clears throat> or um, I'm keeping this for when I lose those extra kilos and that kind of thing. Their essences do not change. So the essences which are within, it doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter what size the clothes are. And I, I guarantee what, oh, you just reminded me of something I really want to share. What happens is when people connect with their essences, so to begin with, body distortion is everywhere. Let me just put, put that on the table. From 6 to 22-4, I have heard exactly the same thing come out of people's mouths. It makes no difference. Wow. We all have. I know. And, I mean, I felt so privileged to go into these people's wardrobes with, with them sharing such vulnerable parts of themselves. It doesn't matter what size they are. Everyone thinks this is too big or this is too small or I don't like this piece or I don't like that piece. And often people will say that it's something to the effect of, oh, no, I feel good in that because it's comfortable. And I, once we really get down, what's comfortable? Tell me what comfortable is. Oh, you know, I don't have to hold my stomach in. Um, or I know it's covering my hips and it's covering my legs and, you know, or if it's covering my chest or whatever that is. But when we really get down to comfortable, comfortables come down to I don't actually have to look at the parts of me that bring me into a vulnerable state. Mm. It's not about... Yeah, it's not about the external. And I'll tell you how I know this. Because once we go through and we find people, we find the essences, do you know all the body distortion talk, uh, talk stops? In the session, it stops. It just stops. They are no longer thinking about the body. Think about our bodies. When we, when we identify with our external appearance only, We've gone into what I would call our egoic mind, our separated mind, the mind that has all that chatter, that white noise, that monkey mind, the, the self-critic. So the, the, the more that we stay with this very one-dimensional, if I look like this, then I'll be okay, the more that we disconnect. Now, when we come into our essences, which live in our heart and soul, and we really connect in with the experiential, because what dressing does is it gives us that experiential. We actually feel it. We embody it. Mm. We, we forget to criticize ourselves. Because when you're in a state of love, fear is not present. Mm. Light, darkness cannot be present in light. So when you connect in with your own light, you, darkness simply doesn't get a look in. And if you think about if you think about how powerful that is, not only just in what we wear, because we look amazing when we really connect in, because we, we shine, we positively shine from inside out. And also, if you think about it, 
when you're not spending that time feeling so much anxiousness and so much angst in front of a wardrobe. Do you know in, in the UK they did a study that said the average working woman spends five months of her working life choosing what to wear? I, I totally would understand that. That makes sense to me. <laughs> It's crazy, right? That's five months of our life we could get back. We could be swanning the Greek islands instead of standing in front of our wardrobe, filling ourselves with all this angst and negativity. And if you think about it, most of it is head talk of what will they think of me? Will I fit in? Will I stand out? Um, did I wear this before? Um, is this good enough? Is it too dressed? I've so many clients who play small. I had one client who said, I, I always dress down. And once we got through what that was all about, she was dressing down because she had a story in her head that if she turned up somewhere and she looked better than the other people in the room, then no one would talk to her and no one would like her or love her. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. These are the sort of stories that we hold and everyone's got their own commentary, but we all have our commentary. I can share one of mine really dysfunctional if you like. Oh, please. We, please so I found this, this pattern in me that was just like, what is that? I had in me that unless I looked 100% perfect, immaculately dressed, beautifully done, nothing out of place and perfectly perfect. Unless I turned up to meet someone like that, then I was disrespecting them. They would think that I was disrespecting them. So what is that? Wow. So and I can imagine the yeah. curiosity of going, where did that even come from? Absolutely. I was just like, oh, my God. And it came from my, my very early pattern of being a pleaser. Mm. And so I would always dress for someone else. And I would dress for them thinking that they would think less of me otherwise and they would think that I haven't put the effort in and therefore they weren't important. And I used to do that as a kid in pleasing people in different ways to getting dressed. But in pleasing them, you know, that, that was kind of my safety was to be a pleaser and I just carried that over in a really dysfunctional way. Imagine how much angst I would go through. How on earth would I know what was going to please someone else? It was nuts. And, it, 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 yeah, well, to get that, you're absolutely right, Chris. It was like, whoa, stop, stop. What, what was that again? And, yeah, it was, that was a few layers deep. So it was like, wow. And since I stopped that, because... Once we find them, we can do something about it. Mm. Uh, but once I, I found it. I can't imagine it would have been easy to overcome that. Of What was some steps that you took to be able to recognise it and then move past it? Yeah, that's such a great question. So firstly, for me, it was catching the pattern. It was like, wow. And then that self-inquiry into what is that? And then I got it, it linked with the police and it was like, okay, I get that. And then it was, I, I came into then... How do I please myself? What's respectful for me? You know, what do I need? If I'm going to please anyone in this, this piece, the, the best thing that I could do would be to be present with that person. That's my greatest gift to someone is to stand in front of them and be present. Can I be present if I'm concerning myself about what they're thinking of me? No. It was like, okay. So, and it was scary to start with. To break that pattern was scary. Because I went out, I remember going out on a date, actually, no makeup, jeans, pair of sneakers, and a t-shirt. And it was like, because that's really what I felt that day. And this was the first day. And it was like, really, sir, you're really going to do that? And it's like, yeah, I'm really going to do that because I want to show up as me. And this is what feels like me right now. There was still gorgeous jeans and everything. Like I, I felt great in them, actually. But it was... It was, it could have been, that was a real test for me because it was like, he may well think I'm disrespecting this piece. But, you know, at the end he said, oh, my God, you're so beautiful and this and that. And I thought, oh, my God, how could, you know, there's no way knowing I would have predicted someone would have said that to me turning up as I had. Mm. But so I just started to test myself and find the courage to break that pattern and then to watch those results because 
that they happen all the time, all the time. And now I get dressed for me and I love that. Oh, I love that. So nice. Yeah. So what would you say if, you, if someone was listening to this and going, oh, I'm starting to realise that I'm not dressing for myself or I have fallen into patterns of maybe not wearing colour or being a little bit too noticing the masculine is showing up in my wardrobe, what were some key things that you would do just to encourage them to start tapping into their, their authenticity of who they feel that they are? Sure. Well, how about I give you a really big clue here? So one of the things I always start with is your favourites. Now, what's interesting about your favourites, it's the part, it's the clothing that we really connect with from our heart. What's been really interesting about that is that of late, what I've come across is people pulling out what they think are their favourites, but actually they're what keeps them safe. Mm. So I would say to people, yeah, it's really, and that's become their favourite because they've become addicted to safety and comfortability. Yeah. So what I would say to people is there's a few ways that you could do this. So you could start with your favorites and see if there are any themes through your favorites. Yeah. Cause that's where I find the biggest gold, but be aware that your favorites might be masquerading as your favorites. So we need to unpack that. Another way to do it is to look at Sometimes to look at the balance of our wardrobe. So if you think about your full wardrobe, your wardrobe has within it all the different aspects of who you are because you've gone out and bought that wardrobe most of the time. I'll go on to hand-me-downs afterwards. But a lot of the time we've gone out and bought those at one given time. Now, for some people, I don't know about you, but I've come across a lot of people and I've, I've had this myself, that there can be price tags still sitting on some pieces within yeah. the wardrobe yeah <laughs> so often what happens is we'll go out in a particular energy and we'll feel great when we buy these pieces and they'll come back in to our wardrobe but it's almost like we haven't arrived in that space yet and we haven't given ourselves permission to arrive in space so say to people if got any of those put them on feel what you feel what is that space that you went out with i had one girl who had a couple of what are all sexy tops, right, in the back of her wardrobe with price tags on? And we were going through it and I said to her at one stage, because I've got an inkling, she's been single for a long time, said, what is it? I can't find a partner, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, let's just see if your wardrobe's got any kind of clues. And what happened is when I said to her, can you bring out your feminine pieces? And feminine didn't touch it. And I said, can you bring out your sexy pieces? And I noticed with her body language, there's something around that word, so I stayed with it. And so she, she'd come up with these dresses and, and which were kind of like floral, big prints, and she'd look at it and she'd do this in front of the mirror and go, this is cute. And I'd go, okay, show me something else. And she'd bring out all these pieces that sexy to her was cute. And it was very girlish fun, but there was no womanly hood in it. So I went to the back of her walk-in wardrobe and I pulled these two tops out and said, what are these? She said, oh, God, I don't know why I bought those, blah, 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 blah. I went, oh, got it. And I said to her, can you remember the time you went, dressed, you went shopping for these? And she described this day where she felt so confident and she just felt, she felt really good about herself. She said, but I got back and I realised they're not me, blah, blah, blah. So I asked her to put them on and she had a tantrum. It's really normal for people to have tantrums because they're just like, they're, they're, they're you know, it's like they're fighting to hold on to their limited beliefs and they're right in there. And, and she was really fighting to hold on to this. And she had a complete meltdown, which was beautiful, you know, to, to be able to take herself to that vulnerable space. But once she put one of these tops on, it was like she just, oh, my God, this woman arrived in the room. So I would say to people, if you've got any that... That and it might, it doesn't necessarily by any stretch have to be sexy. There's a there'll be something if you've got price tags on it, put them on, get super curious. What was it about that? What, what really ignited? Because our essences are the parts of us that are just waiting to be ignited. Mm. That's all it's like the ignition of ourselves within that. It's almost like also like I completely identity shifts, like. It's interesting how, like, even just talking about that in different energies and going shopping with in different energies, yet do you notice that it's almost like um, 
we have different identity changes throughout our lives. And so we obviously have our childhood and then our adolescence, and then we go into the business persona. And so we have those different shifts throughout our lifestyles or our, sorry, our life journey. Do you find that like that tantrum kind of happens around that shift of identity? That's a really, another great question. You've got super good questions. I love it. Um, do you know what one of the things with essences are, they're innate inside us. So that I often say to businesswomen in particular, because I know what it's like to have been there, is that it's really important to take us in to what we do. Because who you are in one thing is who you are in everything. Mm. So if we're leaving our essences out, often what I see with businesswomen, like I, a, another client that I saw, a lot of her weekend wardrobe was very structured. It was very masculine. Same with her workwear. And her, her working life had spread out into the whole of her life. So there was no space for her relaxation. There was no space for her feminine to to be relaxed, to be chaotic, to be creative, to be any of that. It was super structured. So with that, it's really important that even if we change cycles in life, it doesn't necessarily mean that our essences will shift. It just means our expression of that may be slightly different. Mm. So in a corporate world, there's a certain expression, there's a certain um, code that you know it's become less so lately but there's a certain code that will um adhere to but within that you can still put your essences into that and if you don't we start you you start to dry up yeah you start to feel like you're moving into someone else's idea of who you are rather than bringing you into the workplace Mm. And I remember there was a time in my life where I realised that I was not bringing the whole of me to work. And it was like I made a deal with myself one night and I said, Seth, if you're going to leave your shoes at the door when you go into that workplace tomorrow, you're not allowed to go. And I'd check in with myself every morning. It's like, are you going to take the whole of yourself to work? Because if not, don't bother going. And it's like, okay, okay. And it's, it's really, and a, a great way of being able to do that is through our wardrobe because it's a constant reminder during the day. And when we connect with that energy, then we take that in. Inappropriate expression within the workplace, but we still take and we connect to that, to that part of us that's longing for expression and actually is where our true power lives mm. and it's where our authenticity lives. And if you can be an authentic leader out in the workplace, and when I say leader, you don't even have to have a team to do that. We're all leading ourselves wherever we go. If we can be an authentic leader out in the workplace, that, especially as women, is what we're looking for mm. into changing the way that the workplaces work. Mm, so true so true and our wardrobe can speak so much about who we are and it can speak about our own confidence so I, I would imagine huge huge parts of this confidence would come into play and you would notice that throughout your clients that once you actually tap into the essences confidence comes so is that something that people come to you with that they actually just want to feel more confident yeah. Absolutely. And a lot of the time, so there are some stylists around who will be right for some people. When people say, you know, I just, I just, will you tell me what to wear? Tell me what my colors are, my body shape. And I always say to people, if that's what you're after, good, great, but go to someone else. That, that's not me. Because for me, that again is just, it's disconnecting us from who we are. True confidence, like really profound confidence, comes from when we allow ourselves to really connect in with the strength of who we are, like who we really are, who we were born on this planet to be. And when you think about it, so I like to, I like to talk to people about building resilience. So if you think about all the marketing messages out there, as we talked about before, there's marketing messages, social media has just amplified this. So yeah. much amplified it. Um, you know, groups of friends, workplaces, all the different messages that we get. If you think about a vacuum, a vacuum will always fill. That's what it's designed to do. So if we haven't filled that vacuum with our own essences and said, this is my style, these are my essences and this is my style, then it will fill from the external world. It has no choice. 
We are always going to make decisions about style because we get dressed every day. Even those people who say, I don't care what I wear, they, they, they're still making a, a decision of what they wear. Like they, they may not, they may like to think they don't care, but they're still making a decision. So that decision around our style will either be filled from inside ourselves or it will be filled from outside ourselves. And to fill it from inside is a much more powerful space to be. And our confidence then becomes unwavering. Now, it doesn't mean that we'll never feel like, oh, my God, how, you know, um, it doesn't mean like we'll be like superwoman because we're human beings. And we all know from that, that we feel everything, all parts of life. But from my own experience and my experience with my clients, I don't get that angst anymore. So I, I can be out and I don't get that angst because I've dressed for me. It doesn't occur to me anymore. Mm. And it's really different. So I can be present with someone because I'm not so concerned about myself. It takes, when we show up as ourselves, we stop thinking about ourselves. We're able, therefore, to really be present with other people. Mm. And that, I can imagine, could be quite freeing, like absolutely freeing. It's so freeing is another great, it's so freeing. Because then we can start to, to be, to be and to really um, just feel ourselves in the moment mm. and really so we get to enjoy from a different space you know I've had people say when they're up presenting because I work with quite a lot of people who they might be coaches or or presenters that are out there you know talking to big groups and I've often come across them saying and I'll be up there and I'll be talking and all of a sudden I'll have this pang of what I look like and and it's like that it moves us off our game but if we're, if we're dressing because someone else has said, wear this, you'll be fine, we don't show up as 100% us. We've still got someone else's take on who we are. So really to stand up and to hold the room and to really be there in this full acceptance of you is it's such a gift. And when, when you dress from that space, that's the the energy that you then body and you through it does really was yeah it's, it's blown my mind actually i get to express me rather than hide me and in which case i can be of a lot more service to people in doing that mm. amazing just yeah i can i'm getting goosebumps as you're talking about it just thinking about the experience that it would be like just to be in one of your sessions it just sounds so awesome so I would love to just talk to you in the last couple of minutes just to talk a little bit about your experience with how you developed your business so thinking about um, obviously your experience with your background in fashion and project runway and everything that you've done in the past was there did you find there was a little bit of resistance leading into going into business for yourself oh yes yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely so one of the major things I found um, which is quite related actually to what I said before is, is I'm great under an umbrella. So Project Runway umbrella, the iconic umbrella, wherever I was working, I can hold mm, that energy and be out there and talk it up and be fully present with that. When it was my own umbrella and as, as it is my own umbrella, oh my gosh, it was so much harder to do. It was like, who am I to do this? And especially because I'd stumbled on this thing that I knew was really worthy and I knew from the feedback, but it was like, oh, my God. It, it, was, it was really hard, actually. And I was nowhere near as good at marketing myself on that level as I am marketing other companies. I found it really hard, Christine. I'll be really honest. It was, it was tough. And it still is. It still is tough. It's um, going out and, and really standing by you. It's exposing. It's, um, it's yeah, I, I, exposing is, is a really good word. It's frightening at times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm sure. Do you, do you find that as well? Do you feel yeah. that same thing? Yeah, absolutely, because yeah. I think there's a different energy around it because it is, 
you needing to stand in your own power and obviously your own confidence and backing yourself. Whereas I was always the same in corporate. Like I could go out and like sell anything. I could go out and just literally, you know, talk someone up to the ends of the earth. But when it came to then checking in with myself and putting yourself out there, there is a completely different energy around it. So how did you find, like, what did you do to be able to overcome that self-doubt and that um, almost like that the imposter syndrome was coming into play by the sounds of it? Yeah, that, that imposter syndrome, that's a fabulous one. So the wardrobe's been great for that for me, actually, because I, I lessened the imposter. It's still, the imposter syndrome is so deep within so much of our psyches, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, hmm, that's a really good question. How do I do it? For me, I just keep coming back to who am I, what do I believe, and I'm here to serve. Like my greatest piece here is to serve. I was writing something this morning actually because I'm penning a book on wearing your worth. And what, what, do you know how sometimes you get writer's block in, in anything that we do? And when it, I came to something that said something like, um, my gift to you is, and it was like, oh, it felt like just a damn broke. Because if I can think that it's a gift for others, which I know it is, then I can run with it. Mm. I can run with it. I can be with it. If it's like, it's, I, that seems to be contribution, serving, gift is, is what really mm, kind of pulls me alive. So I just keep reminding myself, yeah, I keep reminding myself that it's really selfish to hold something like this in because it's not anywhere else either. It's not like I'm doing something that someone else is doing. I haven't seen anyone else do this and I feel a responsibility actually Mm. to help women empower themselves from a different level. And that more than anything is the thing that has stopped me throwing it away because I think we all think about walking away from, yeah, we all, all think about walking away. Oh, my God, I've had so many I'm done, like literally, can't do it. I'm done, I'm finished, I'm not comfortable in this. And, and, you know, as soon as I do that, normally within 24 to 48 hours, something happens that brings me right back to it and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I start to get woken up in the middle of the night with downloads for the book and it's like, oh, <laughs> just leave me alone. And it's like, no, it's like, okay. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's still... I, for me, it's, it's, I connect it with my highest values, which is around growth, contribution, service. Love that. Yeah. Love that. And I think that's so true. Like the universe will just come in and slap you around the head and go, come on, pull up your big girl panties. You'll be fine. <laughs> I like, it is, it, that's it. It's like be an adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stop with the child temper tantrums. We've given you something. Would you go out? And, mm. it's like, and we've all got, so everyone has gifts. And it's like if we would all be able to go out with those gifts in our own unique way, imagine how balanced this world would be. Oh, it would be so different. And it's so interesting because it's literally like when I have someone come to me for business coaching and there's some real angst going on around they just don't know what they're doing, they're stuck, they're really, really stuck in whatever's not working, it's when I actually get them to shift their perspective around who they're serving and that just changes everything. So it's so unique how it's so different how you like literally even what you do and what you were just saying, literally when you shift that perspective and take it away from yourself and put it outside of yourself, it changes everything. It's so true. It's so, so true. And you put that so well. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's the only thing that has probably still kept me here. Mm. I'm talking with you about wearing a wear because you know it's kind of like otherwise yeah I think I would have given it up years ago <clears throat> because and yeah service is, service is what keeps a heart beating I mm, think absolutely so I would love to know what do you feel is your favorite part about what you do now oh without a doubt the transformations like the testimonials that I get um, and I always do, so we do a session, we start with a, um, with a questionnaire and then we go into the session and then we follow up after that with, um, like a coaching session as well. And uh, the, the shifts that happen 
with these women, it's like uh, they're beyond my wildest dreams, actually. And just to know that I've been um, part of that facilitation for them to take that, has, it, it's, it, it just it fills my heart with joy. So that's what keeps me going. And, and also I'm putting together some workshops and also an online course because I want to re- be able to reach more people. I do Skype sessions. So I've had people over in America actually that we've done. We've gone into the wardrobe with Skype sessions as well. And, yeah, it is. It's purely the testimonials. It's, it's knowing that I've made a difference um, and that this process has made a difference to them. Um, and not just to how they dress, although they love, and they love going shopping now. And you know, that they, they also, if you think about it, it's great for landfill as well, because you don't buy what's Mm. not going to work for you. And we all need to cut down on the landfill because, you know, the CO2 emissions are just getting to really dangerous proportions. So we can all do our own bit for it. So there's an environmental aspect to it as well. Um, the more people that I can get this out to, then the more that we can we can really start to make a difference and to people's self-esteem, mm. you know, so that people feel good about them. They start to realise their identity has shifted. Mm. Yeah. So Back important. In. So important. I don't know that I answered your question. You did. I'm you sorry. did. <laughs> okay. So good. So one last question. I would love to know what you're excited about for in 2019. Oh, okay. So I'm hoping that um, I will have finished my book. Um, my online course should be set to go and workshops. I love to facilitate workshops. So branching out into the new areas of these, I'm super excited about. Super, super excited actually. And I really haven't um, got on the go with, um, I mean, on my Instagram account, you know, I keep up to date fairly much. But as far as social, I haven't really hit social. I often say at this point, wearing your worth is one of the best kept secrets at the moment. Um, There's a lot of word of mouth that goes around, which is beautiful. Um, But it's really, I'm excited about really being able to take it out there in a way that really can impact a lot more people. Mm. Yeah. So good. Well, I just want to acknowledge you for actually leaning into that resistance and actually getting through those hard times and pushing yourself through to actually get this out to more people because I think it's going to make such a massive difference to so many people's lives. And I love how you're connecting everything together with not only your wardrobe, your essences, your authenticity, but being able to really have that true confidence and true self-esteem from the beautiful place rather than an external place. So thank you for everything that you do. It's just amazing. Thank you so much. I've I've really enjoyed chatting with you. That's very generous. too. This conversation has just been so beautiful and I cannot wait for all my listeners to hear it. So thank you so much for your time today. You're very welcome, Christine. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.